Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Oh man, I've never seen that before in my life. So uh, hey, let's give it up for our creative team and our production team. Man, you guys are so awesome. <clears throat> They came up to me Friday and they're like, Pastor Brad, do you want to see it? I was like, no, nah, let me see it on Sunday. I was like, just let me see what the character is wearing. So if you notice, I'm wearing this. Anyway, so, um, but yeah, it, it was awesome. And man, I want to pause for a second. I want to welcome our online family. Uh, you know, we preach to the room a lot in here, but we want to let you know every single one of you matter and we love you. So TC, let's put it together for all those that are watching are with us. We love you guys, your family. So we welcome you. Man, we are in the Level Up series and uh, so excited, so excited uh, because I believe this is God's year uh, that he wants to do something uh, amazing in our life. And so uh, in addition to that, how many, how many guys ever been in uh, relationships that you might call unhealthy? Wait, wait, any relationships you might call unhealthy? So I remember before I married my amazing wife, who was beautiful and gorgeous and phenomenal, and she's incredible. You can, yeah, it's okay. I'm all right with it. Listen, I married way up, y'all. All right. So I'm a solid six. And because I'm funny, I'm a seven and a half. Okay. But my wife is a 10. So anyways, all that to say is um, <clears throat> I have been in relationships before uh, I married my wife where the person that I was with, um, they were a little hard to deal with. Any of y'all ever been with somebody you know, like hard to deal with people? Only six of us. Y'all, everyone else had it smooth, right? So I remember, <clears throat> I remember this is in my before Jesus days, all right? So this is BC, Brad Livingston, BC. And uh, and I remember I was, I was at a party one time, so I was hanging out and just hanging out with people, and we were having a good time. And, and, before I know, and before I knew it, I found myself standing against the wall, right? So I'm just hanging out, chilling, minding my business, mind you. And so all of a sudden, this other girl comes up, and she's talking to me. Now, I'm dating a different female at the time. I wasn't with my wife, Ashley. I was dating someone else. And, and, uh, and so this other girl comes up to me. And at 17 years old, you can be a little oblivious to flirting, Right? Either you're oblivious or you just don't care, right? Because the 17-year-old boys, like, like, they don't even have to look that great if they'll flirt with you. Anyway, so, but I remember being in the party and the girl was flirting with me, but I wasn't picking up that she was flirting with me. And then uh, she started kind of touching my shoulder as she was laughing. Y'all know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and so uh, I, I remember just, so we were talking. And from across the room, I lock eyes with my girlfriend at the time. And she had that look. Y'all know what look I'm talking about? Ladies, you know what look I'm talking about, right? Like, and fellas, if you've ever been in a fight with a girl, you know what look I'm talking about, right? So she was giving me that look. And, and how many of you know she didn't have to say anything to say everything? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Which was, you are so dead when we get in the car. I just want you to know, right? And what I wanted you to know is that there is a power to nonverbal communication, but more importantly, there's a time when you hear the voice of what you should and shouldn't do, but then sometimes there's, there's moments where you don't hear the voice of what you should and shouldn't do. Y'all with me today? And so what I want to talk to you about today is this idea that there are times where we will hear the voice of God and it's crystal clear, like in the car ride home that day, right? Uh, but then there are times where you don't hear the voice of God 
And you have to trust your instincts as you navigate through life because there are times where God is speaking clearly, but then there are times you have to trust in what you know versus what you hear. Y'all with me today? And so people come to us sometimes, Pastor, how do I know when God is talking to me? My response is God is usually always talking to you. It's whether or not you're close enough to hear what he's saying, right? And so we want to start off uh, by giving you some information about why people pray, why people pray. Now, there's a few reasons why people pray, but 61% of the people that prayed in 2017 prayed for needs of their family. 49% of the people that prayed in that time prayed for personal guidance in crisis. 47% prayed for health and wellness and 43% prayed, for, prayed out of confession and for forgiveness. They're getting my TV working. That's why he's moving around. Give it up for Kyle, y'all. Yeah, yeah, Kyle's. Number one, he hates when I do that because he hates attention. Uh, but secondly, because he keeps the show running here at TC. And then stay with me. 41% of the people that prayed in 2017 were praying for safety. How many guys could, could see yourself falling into one of those categories, right? So 41% praying for safety. And here's a number that's even uh, not necessarily shocking, but I want you to pay attention to. 82% of people that prayed in 2017 prayed silently and by themselves. Which means that 82% of people that were praying in 2017 were praying prayers that weren't as effective as they could have been. See, I believe Stephen Furtick talks about the Jesus juke, you know, where you can, you can be praying something in your spirit, but you don't want to pray it out loud so that when God does it, he shocks the devil, which I'm all about that. But what, what I want you to see is that, see, God speaks clearly to us that prayer is both a community thing and a verbal thing. And so as we're going into 21 days of prayer and as we get ready to launch in this message, there's two things that I want you to grab a hold of for what you need to know as we move into your prayer life for the next 21 days and hopefully the time after that. And that is that your prayer should be communal, which is with other people. See, the Bible says where two or more would come uh, together agreeing, touching on any one thing, right? Then we could pray the prayer of faith. He said that one will put a thousand to flight, but two will put 10,000 to flight, talking about God coming through for us. And so God is all about our community in our prayer. The good part is how many of you have ever celebrated with someone when they got their prayer answered? right? How many, how many of you that encouraged your faith? It wasn't even your prayer, but you were praying with someone else and it encouraged your faith, right? Why? Because it's a community thing. It's the same reason that Jesus isn't alone. He's got the Holy Spirit and the Father. It's the same reason that when he was on this earth, he wasn't alone because after his parents, he had the disciples. There's something to community and there's something to community in prayer. So two things, and you can write these on your notes. They're not in your notes, but I encourage you to write them on your notes, put them in your cell phone, paste them on your kid's forehead, write them on your mirror, whatever you need to do. Remember this, when you pray, pray out loud and bring someone else into the process. When you pray, pray out loud and bring someone else into your process and watch how God comes through for you because he has promised that he will. How many of you guys believe the promises of God? Amen. And so he will come through. Look at that. See, Kyle's just, just something else. So <laughs> he rewired a whole TV in 30 seconds. Y'all seen that? Anyway, so. So I want to take you to a story in 2 Kings chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, you can go there. Before we read the scriptures, we're gonna, I want to kind of catch you up on what's happening. So Elisha the prophet is uh, helping the king of Israel. 
And so as Elisha is helping the king of Israel, what's happening is there are other kings trying to destroy the nation of Israel and the kingdom of Israel. And every time they try to move with a plan to destroy it, Elisha receives word from the Lord. He, so he, as a prophet, receives God tells him this is about to happen. So then he goes to the king of Israel and says, hey, don't go to that camp. Hey, stay away from that area. Hey, don't go there. Hey, go over here. They're not going to be coming here. And every time that happens, the king of Aram gets frustrated. And he's going, how come we cannot find these guys? And then the people come to him and they say, the king of Israel has a prophet and he keeps declaring where we're going to go. And so that's why we can't catch him. And so the king of Aram tells his people and his soldiers and all, all his armies, he says, go find me the prophet Elisha. And so they go get sent out. And this is where we pick up at verse 15. All right. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. So this is the servant of Elisha. Wakes up the next morning, goes out, and the armies of horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, Elisha answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, I want to remind you of something. There was only two of them. How many of you ever felt like you were by yourself in your battle? Like, and you're sitting here looking around like, I don't know how we're going to get out of this. I don't know how we're going to get out of this. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. You see, the prophet showed the servant that you may see what is happening in the natural, but you're not seeing what God is doing in the supernatural. So you may see that the armies of the enemy are surrounding you in the natural, but you don't see that God's armies are surrounding their armies in the supernatural. You may see what's coming against you in your life, but what you're not seeing is what God is doing around you in the spirit realm. God is on track with where you are, and there's nothing that's happened in your life that has caught God off guard. He knows where you are. He knows the way that you take. He knows the steps that you will have, and every time you come up against opposition, that means there's a bigger opposition to that enemy right behind them when God releases the plan that he has for you. The difference between where you are and where God wants you to be is your connection and your proximity to God. You see, the prophet was close to God. They were talking on the regular. Y'all with me? They were in a consistent communication and for some of us, we want the supernatural power of God without the presence of God. Tweet that. Like, listen, I said some of us want the supernatural power of God, but we don't care to have the presence of God. We don't want to be close to him. We just want what he can give us. But there's a necessity to the presence of God before you tap into the power of God so that you can accomplish the purpose of God. So we have to find ourselves at a place where we're not seeing like the servant what we're seeing like the prophet. 
of what God wants to do in your life. Four things that happen in this scripture. We want to give them to you. And four things that are going to have to happen in your prayer life if you are going to see God come through in amazing ways for you. How many of you want to level up in 2019? Where are my level up people at, right? The rest of y'all don't care, huh? Y'all just chilling. 2019, 2018, 2017, it's all terrible. I don't care. God's going to whatever. No, no, no. How many of you want 2019 to be a year that you get to? How many of you are done with the past? Amen. So, we want, we want to move forward. And that may, not, that may not mean that 2018 was terrible for you, but God said that he has exceedingly abundantly more than you could think or ask, which means as good as 2018 might have been for you, 2019 can be better. Come on, somebody. That's, yeah, exactly. Listen, the Patriots are losing this year, and all things are right in the football world. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. Totally kidding. Kind of. All right, so four things. Four things. We want to give these, we want to, give these to you. The whole Patriot fan base got up and walked out. Y'all didn't see him, but... So four things we want you to see. Number one, you got to get your mind right. Turn to your neighbor and say, get your mind right. You've got to get your mind right. So you see, what's different is that the, the, the servant got up that morning doing the same thing he did every morning. Listen, how many of you got a morning routine? You wake up, you make the coffee, maybe you work out, <laughs> maybe you don't. Uh, so maybe, like... You got a morning routine. He, he woke up to do his morning routine. He got up, went outside. I'm sure he was going to get a drink from the well or something. So he was going to go take a walk with his donkey. I don't know what he was going to do, okay? Maybe they had camels. I don't know. But he goes out. and So he's, he's taking and approaching his day as he always did. And so when he got out there, all of a sudden he was shocked by what the enemy had brought against him. You with me? He said, oh, I didn't see this coming. And I believe that is very much how many of us approach life every day. You see, the servant had gotten lazy against the enemy's plans for him. You see, what I want you to understand is that the enemy always has a plan for you. See, we, we talk about God's plan for you, but sometimes we miss and lose track of the enemy's plan for you. But can I tell you something? The enemy, the Bible says he's seeking out whom he may devour like a lion. And so he's got a plan for you. And the problem for many of us is we wake up every day ready to do our routine and ready to go through with what God has for us. Just like the servant, we wake up, we get our drink of water from the well or whatever. Like we walk our camel. I'm just kidding. Like we, we do whatever. Like we have our morning routine. And then all of a sudden when the enemy meets us with opposition, we get freaked out. Like, oh, how, how come this is happening? I didn't know this was happening. If you would realize that the enemy every day has a plan to take you out. The enemy every day has intentions of slowing you down, of eliminating your purpose, of wrecking your marriage, of wrecking your relationships, of taking you away from your friendships, of trying to ruin your spiritual walk, of trying to get you away from God. He knows he can't take you from heaven to hell, but if he can make your life hell, he'll make you purposeless while you're here and no one else gets to follow you there. You hear what I'm saying? Like God's desire is to, or God's desire is to pick you up. The enemy's desire is to slow you down. And if you don't wake up every day looking how the enemy is trying to attack so that you can start seeing how God God is trying to come through for you, then you will only ever see the enemy and you will never see God. You got to change your routine and get your mind right so that you're seeing what God is doing more than you're seeing what the enemy is doing. Psalms 27.1 says this, he says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Somebody say, whom shall I fear? That's called getting your mind right. 
ain't afraid of nobody. Except there was a gunshot Friday night downtown. Y'all saw me on the news. Crazy. Anyways, <laughs> Justin said, it's serious out here in these streets. I said, I know. <laughs> we was right next to V. Paul's. Fine Italian dining with Christmas lights down the thing. It was, anyway, so he says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold. Someone say stronghold. He's the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? See, this is how Elisha was walking. But the servant wasn't connected to the light and the salvation and the stronghold of God the way Elisha was. And I'll even dare say this. See, the servant was connected to the prophet, but the prophet was connected to God. And too many of us are getting connected to our pastor, and I love you, but don't go through me to get to God. You go to God. I'm going to say that again. Don't go through me to go to God. You go to God. If the only time you get fed is on Sunday mornings, then you are dehydrated and malnourished spiritually, and you need to increase what God is doing in your life, okay? So... You need to be connected to God, not connected to a man or a woman of God. You need to get fed. Don't look for someone else to feed you. All right? But he says, whom shall I be afraid? I'm here to tell you today that when we get locked into who God is and we stop looking for how the enemy is trying to wreck our lives and start looking for how God is trying to wreck the enemy's plan, we'll see God do amazing things in our life. But I want to tell you today, it starts with the proximity. It starts with, it starts with the closeness. How close are you to God? And however close you are to God is how you will see your life. You'll get your mind right when you get your relationship with God right. Next, number two, you got to realize you're surrounded. Someone say surrounded. You say, Pastor, that don't sound encouraging. You're surrounded. But the beautiful part about being in places in your life where you don't see a way out it means that only God can give you a way out. See, we have to see the same way the servant did that we're surrounded. But we're not just surrounded by our enemy. We're surrounded by God. And if we, if we get blinded to how bad our circumstances are, we don't see the breakthrough that is coming. I, I'm going to say that again. Don't get blinded by how bad your circumstances are. Look for how God can come through in the midst of it. Because you have to realize you may be surrounded by the enemy, but you're also surrounded by your enemy's enemy. And an enemy of my enemy is my friend. Things may get bad, but I'm here to tell you God can make it worse for your enemy than your enemy can make it for you. But you better be close. Right, Psalms 27, 2 and 3 says this. When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me. How many guys have ever been there? You felt like people were trying to devour. You felt like people were attacking you. Anybody ever been attacked? Anybody? Not, maybe not physically. How many guys ever had some people talk bad about you? Right? Those people just want to. Uh. Anyway, so when they attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I'm attacked, I will remain confident. Why? Because I'm close to the enemy of my enemy, which is my friend. I'm close to God, and when God comes against my enemies, I get to back up and watch him fall. I don't know about you guys. I've tried fighting myself. It, it don't ever go well. 
I've tried to, you know what, I'm going to try to win this battle on my own. Can I tell you something? You're not strong enough to defeat the enemy in your life. You're not strong enough to defeat Satan's plan in your life. But the God that is in you, the same power that raised Jesus from the grave, it says, that when Jesus died for our sins, he was buried for three days. But the same power that pulled him out of the grave, the same power that breathed life back into a dead body, the same power that brought Jesus out of that grave is the same power that is inside of you. And as you tap into that power, you get to see the enemy of your enemy come through on your behalf and God does amazing things when you grab a hold of the fact that whatever the enemy is trying to do in your life it's to stop you from what God wants to do in your life and as he does it in your life he brings a halt to the enemy and breathes life back into you because the same power that raised Christ from the dead rests inside of you the next thing I want you to understand is that proximity matters proximity matters turn to your neighbor and say proximity Listen, some of you Roll Tide fans, I know it's a big word. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Y'all see how that got funnier as it moved out? Like, I know it's a big word. Let me spell it for you. M-A-T-T-E-R. Some of y'all will get that in a minute. Anyway, so... I want you to understand that proximity matters. But there's two types of proximity I want you to understand. Number one, I want you to understand the proximity of your enemy matters. The proximity of your enemy matters. And here's why. Because how many of you have ever done something in your life and looking back on it, it was abundantly clear that this was God coming through for you, but you accidentally took the credit. It's okay. You can be real, like, like, man, God did it, but you thought, man, man I, done, I done made it now. Like, here we are. Look what I did. And God said, they're going, no, 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 I did that. Because here's what happens when your enemy's proximity closes in. When the enemy gets close to you, what happens is as he gets close to you, you start to lose track of how good God is and you start focusing on how bad it is. But when you start losing track of how good God is and start focusing on how bad, God, or how bad the enemy is and how bad your circumstances are and how troublesome the things around you are, and as you start to engage and as you start to see what happens is you start to lose track of what God can do for you. The good part about that is when you lose track of how good God is and what he wants to do in your life, is that when God does come through because his promises are true, come on somebody, I said his promises are true. Raise your hand if you're with me today. His promises are true. As he comes through for you, there's no other choice but to give God credit. Moses leading the people of Israel out and all of a sudden, the, the enemies come against them. And so the armies are coming back to get them. Pharaoh and his people are coming to get the people of Israel as Moses is leading them out. And all of a sudden, they find themselves in a place where there's a Red Sea in front of them and an army behind them. How many guys have ever been in a place where you had your, your rent due in front of you and no money in the bank account? How many of you ever find yourself where you had a doctor's note in front of you and no way to get through it behind you? How many guys ever find yourself where there's something in front, but there's something behind you and you can't get through it by yourself, but you also can't go back? And Moses is leading the people. But whenever Moses and the people realize that they can't do it on their own, God said, what's that in your hand, Moses? A stick. 
He said, I want you to hold that over the water. Moses said, God, I could really use a gun or like a million swords or anything right now, cannon, whatever, like maybe even a boat. God said, hold the stick over the water. And I, like, I know a lot of us picture Moses with confidence in that water. Y'all with me? Holding that stick? I like to think him trembling like this is the dumbest idea I've ever had in my life. As he just held that stick over that water. If this is the water bank, just, <clears throat> what are you doing, Moses? Shut up. <laughs> I can see the people of Israel, what is he doing with that stick? Waving it around like a madman. Shut up. One eye peeking. Y'all with me? all of a sudden the waters come on I said the waters start to move out of the way and as the water moves out of the way Moses and the people of Israel walk across their problem they walk across their obstacle they walk across what was against them the thing that was standing in their way God let them walk across it on dry land I said whenever something gets in your way when you have no other choice but to trust God that means God gets an opportunity to come through for you when you're going to take credit he doesn't come through because he's not going to let you get the credit for what he deserves but when you finally go God I got no other options God I got nothing else I can do God I need you to come through because there's no way I can do this on my own. And all of a sudden, you hold that stupid stick over the water. You can say it, stupid stick. It's fine. You hold that thing over your water, the thing in your life that looks insignificant, and God says, give that to me. When you got nothing left in your bank account, he says, I want you to give that to me, and you give it. But all of a sudden, out of doing the thing that doesn't make sense, God makes sense out of senseless opportunities, and he comes through and says, it didn't make sense before, but I'm going to give you dry land to walk across on. That doctor's note's not going to make sense, but I'm going to give you a way. I'm going to create a healing that you didn't see coming. I'm going to give you an opportunity you didn't see coming. Your business is going to be blessed and you didn't see it coming. Your marriage is going to be blessed and you didn't see it coming. Your relationships are going to be blessed and you didn't see it coming. I'm going to let you walk across on dry land. But the proximity of your enemy creates desperation in your soul. Because how many guys know when they put that note on your door that says the rent's due on the 19th and it's the 18th, proximity matters. Because you pray different on the 18th than you did on the 8th. Like, God, <clears throat> I know you said you wouldn't put more on us than we can bear, uh, but that's tomorrow. <laughs> so if you're not going to let the sun stand still, which I know you can do, how many know you pray different on the 18th than you do on, on the 8th? Because proximity matters. When the enemy gets closer, you need God to do something now. But the beauty is the proximity of your enemy matters, but the proximity of God matters more. Because when we get close to God, we get to change the game. Turn to your neighbor and say, change the game. We get to change the rules because God made the game. God made your life. God created these opportunities. And so when it looks like there's no way in front of you, I'm here to tell you that God makes a way behind you. Not only that, you don't just get to walk across on dry land, but he allows your problem to swallow up your enemy as you get to walk through on dry land. Moses and the people of Israel walk across this dry land, but then the armies keep coming. I'm here to tell you that sometimes your problems don't just stop even once you are through it. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Because <laughs> the 19th comes next month too, okay? So listen, I said sometimes your problems don't stop just because you're through it. 
But I'm here to tell you today that God's desire is that we would walk exceedingly abundantly. We, we could walk in a life that is so blessed. I'm not just talking about financially. I'm talking about blessed in your soul. How many of you may not need more money in your bank account, but you need God to give you rest right in here. You need God just to bring some peace into your life. You, you're ready to stop waking up in a whirlwind and going to bed needing medicine so that you can just rest at night. God said he wants to bring a peace, a blessing into your soul where you get to rest. And the, the same oceans that parted, for the people of Israel to walk across are the same oceans that swallowed up their enemy as they tried to chase them across. I'm here to tell you today that the proximity of God matters. That when you're connected to the Lord, it doesn't matter what comes against you. Is it hard? Yes. Is it difficult? Yes. Is it scary? Yes. But I'm here to tell you today, it can't stop God. And you got to be close to the Lord when he comes through for you. That's why 21 days of prayer, we want to give you these dates. Make sure you got this information. 21 days of prayer and fasting. It starts today. I'm inviting you on a journey. Don't look for the supernatural power of God without experiencing the presence of God. If you don't spend time with him, don't ask him for nothing. I said, if you don't spend time with him, don't ask him for nothing. Right? I, I can't go to Ashley and say, Ashley, hey, baby. And she goes, you ain't talked to me in seven days. That's not going to go well. But some of us are going to God saying, hey, God, I could really use that rent check right now. God's going, you ain't talked to me in seven days. How many of us know we need to improve the presence of God in our life so that we can see the supernatural power of God in our life? 21 days of prayer and fasting. So I'm inviting you guys to join us. Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. in our offices. All this is on our website. You can go to mytc.life on your smartphone. You can go to transformationchurch.com on your, on your computer or whatever. But all this information is there. Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Saturdays at 9 a.m. right here in the sanctuary. Listen, the presence of God in your life can change the circumstances you come in contact with. But you can't be like the servant and expect the power of the prophet. I'm going to say that again. You can't be like the servant in 2 Kings 6, but experience the power of the prophet. You can't be the servant, but see things like Elisha. You got to be close to God because the proximity to God matters. Chris Hodges says this. I love this quote. He says, prayer is the difference between the best I can do and the best God can do. How many of you have ever... You, your prayer life, you ended up with, God, I've done all I can do. I've done it all. i got nothing left. God's like, perfect. Now it's my time to shine. But I'm like you, God can do more in a second than we can do in years. Because proximity matters. Acts 4.13 says this, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. How many, how many of us could, would say, we, we, I ain't no biblical scholar, right? I'm not some theologian. I'm not a pastor of millions. I'm just an ordinary dude. Where we at, right, fellas? And you ladies, ordinary ladies, where, right? Listen, they realized they were unschooled, ordinary people. They were astonished, and they took note, not at how wise they were, not at how rich they were, not at all the cool things they have done. They took note that these men had been with Jesus. Listen, you want to be different on your job tomorrow? 
Start with 6 a.m. prayer, then go. And watch how people can be astonished how things are changing in your life. At the end of 21 days, you can be a different husband, a different wife. You can be in a different relationship. You can be better to your boss. You can be better to your parents. You can be better to your siblings. You can be a better asset to society. You can be a better coworker. You can be a better neighbor. You can be a better friend. You can be a better person, accomplishing the very purpose and will of God in your life. But the proximity to God has to matter. It has to matter. And then lastly, number four, we want to give this to you as we wrap this up, is that you got to see differently. You got to see differently. Just like with the prophet, you got to, or just like with the servant of Elisha, you got to see differently. See, 2 Kings 6.17 says this, going back to our verse we started with, and Elisha prayed, open his eyes so that he may see but it wasn't just so that he could see everything. It was so that he could see the thing that mattered. Listen to me. You got to see the thing that matters. I'm going to say it again. You got to see what matters. There's always going to be things in your life that you can see that don't matter, but you got to see the things that do matter. There's always going to be opposition in your life that looks bigger than how God can come through. But I'm telling you, you got to see what matters because you got to see differently. Turn to your neighbor and say, see differently. You got to see differently. So the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he didn't see his enemy anymore. He saw the enemy of his enemy. He saw his friend. He saw horses and chariots that looked like fire because God comes through. You walk out of this building right now. You look up in the sky. What are you going to see? Pensacola. Who knows? I'm just kidding. Like, it's, you'll see clouds, right? You'll see the sun. Let me tell you what you won't see. Stars. Why? Because it's daytime. Listen, we've seen enough dark clouds and dark skies during the daytime for the last six months. I ain't trying to see no more. You know? I'm just hoping my mud gets dry in my front yard. Y'all know what I'm talking about? So, but if you go outside right now, you, you look up in the sky, you'll see the sun. You may see clouds. You'll see the sky bright. Thank God. What you won't see it's stars. But I'm here to tell you today, just because you can't see the stars, they're still there. And I don't know what you're going through in your life today. Some of you can't see the stars past the clouds in your life. You can't see God doing something amazing on the outside because all you can see is what's on the inside. You can't see the chariots of fire because the enemy has just been too loud in your life for too long. But I'm here to tell you today that you can change that when you're close to God because God can change that. You may only see the cloud. You may only see the sun. You may only see the bright sky. But the stars, they're still out there. You may only see your problem. You may only see your enemy. You may only see a red sea in front of you. But I'm here to tell you today that God is surrounding you with a purpose and a plan that will bring you through the Red Sea and he will surround your enemies with your enemies' enemies. He will surround your enemies with your friend. When you trust God and when you give him everything that you are, I'm here to tell you today, like Pastor Justin said, he's not here to make you better. He's here to make you brand new. He's not here just to improve your life. He's here to completely transform your life. He's here to make you everything exceedingly abundantly more than you could think or ask. God has that in store for you today. But I'm here to tell you, 
All you gotta do is tap into it. I said, tap into it. Turn to your neighbor and say, tap into it. All you gotta do is get close enough to God so that you can start tapping into every single thing that he wants in your life. He is not here to put you down. He's here to pull you up. He's not here to break you. He's here to build you. I said, God is for you. And the Bible says that if he would be for us, who could stand against us? It doesn't matter what your enemy's trying to do. What matters is what God is trying to do. Let's take 2019 and let's tap into every single thing that God has for us. Why? Because our proximity of prayer matters. You want to change your life this year? Start by being connected to God. Join us for prayer. But don't let it be 21 days. God's looking for some day 22 people that says, I don't just want to tap into God this month. I want to tap into God for the rest of my life. Let's pray today. Father, we thank you. We thank you that, God, you are for us. And if you would be for us, who could be against us? So, God, we look, you to, look to you to be our strength and our portion. God, I pray that you make this year the year that we connect to you in such a way that, God, we recognize how desperately we needed you all along this journey. But having you, God, means that we get to tap into the power and the purpose that you have for us. We thank you for it. God, I declare over every person that is watching or in this room, God, that you would release the supernatural power of God in their lives and in mine as well. God, we would walk close to you and as we walk close to you, we would see differently. We would recognize that we may not be able to see the stars, but just like your presence, they are there. And we may not be able to see you working on our behalf, but just like those stars, you are there. Draw us close and keep us in Jesus' name with every head bowed and your eyes closed. If you're in this place and you say, Pastor, I, I wanna be connected to God like that. I want prayer in my life. I want all of those things in my life, but I know that honestly, my life doesn't belong to God. I know of God and, and maybe I know enough about God to know that my life isn't right with God but I wanna know that Jesus is Lord of my life and I wanna follow him with everything that I am. I wanna put my faith in him today and I want Jesus to take control of my life. And if that's you, right where you sit, would you just raise your hand? I'm not gonna to come to you, I'm not gonna embarrass you, I'm not gonna point you out, but you raise your hand right now and say, I want God in my life, Pastor, I want him to transform me. God bless you. Once you put your hand up, you can put it down. Is there more that says, I want God to take control of my life, Pastor? I wanna be saved today, I want him to take control. God bless you, God bless you. Are there more that says, Pastor, I want God to take control. I wanna give him my life today. Maybe you're watching this online. You say, that's me, Pastor, and I want God in my life. We're gonna pray a prayer together, and this prayer doesn't make you saved. What this prayer is doing is declaring with our mouth what we believe in our heart. And that is that Jesus is taking control of my life. And then I'm putting my faith in him that what he did on the cross is forgiving me of my sins. And as I believe in him, I'm gonna repent. I'm gonna turn away. There are things in my life I'm not gonna go back to. As I move into this new year and even after that, I'm repenting, I'm turning away from those things. I wanna go after God, I want him to take control. And if that's you, let's pray this prayer together. And the whole church is gonna pray with you so you're not praying it by yourself. Just repeat after me, say, Dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross. And I believe 
that you rose three days later through your life, through your death, and through your resurrection, I can be saved. So I believe in you. I want to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. TC, let's put our hands together for all those that prayed that for the first time. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.